Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread in this week's NFL and college football cards, albeit one day late. We had to take an extra day to get ready for the show because we published this week the Playbook 2021 College Football Bowl Guide. I've got it in my hands, and it's just jam-packed with a lot of winning information for the upcoming bowl season. Unfortunately, it took us a little longer to get together than we thought, so hence we're a day late. But nonetheless, we're happy to be with you on this edition of the NFL and college football cards for this weekend. And with that, I want to welcome in our co-host, Victor King from King Creole Sports. Victor, how are you doing? And I'm sure more than anything, I know you're ready for the college football bowl games ahead. Certainly are. It was a good weekend for us as well. We did have our five-star NFL game of the month, of course, an over-under selection over the total in the Buffalo Bills-Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. They combined for 60 points in a very, very, at least entertaining second half of the game. I'll say that. So a good weekend for us. And let's not forget that uh, Mark hit both sides of that Army-Navy game with Navy pulling off the outright upside in the game uh, upset win and of course the game staying under the total so well done there for Saturday and of course Mark wrapped things up with that big Monday night winner the NFL division game of the year winner on the LA Rams a very nice uh, best bet winner to wrap up the weekend Mark yeah it was real nice Victor uh, you know it was really nice to have a live dog come through and win straight up those are the best kind of underdog plays that we have and when they do it just that way in straight up fashion we Sort of feel good about the handicap of the game, and we did just that with the Rams. And in the process, we're getting ready for this week's NFL football card. But before we go there, let's talk a little bit about what's on tap in college football starting this weekend. And that would be the kickoff of the 2021 college bowl season. And boy, have we got some bowl games on tap this year. A total of 42 college bowl games will be played this football season here. I think we got a little bit of an overload from last year when a lot of games weren't played. They were canceled because of COVID and other extenuating circumstances. Some teams didn't even play any games at all last year. But now everybody's back and everybody's jonesing for some college bowl action with 42 college bowl games on tap. One interesting thing I saw, Victor, when we were putting the bowl guide together is that of the 42 bowl games, a total of 22 teams have 500 or one with a worse record than 500. 22 teams with a 500 or worse record. I might think my grandfather might be turning over in his grave at that announcement. Uh, Jesus Christ, and you go back to when bowl games were just quality games against teams and every game had a meaning or for something, but it's all about entertainment these days and it's all about the dollars, the Benjamins and all the sponsors that sponsor the games and ESPN laying out all the cash. So, We love handicapping, and we love putting our college bowl report together, as we did this week. A great job by Victor helping out with the college bowl this this year, putting a lot of great numbers together for us, along with our entire staff at Playbook, Charles and Kathy, who 
put the publication together from a graphics artist standpoint. We had some good help in the office here, also from Gary and Jeff helping us put this thing together. So it was a total team effort by the Playbook team to get this bowl guide ready. 24 pages jam-packed with winning information. And before I hand it over to you, Victor, I'll just pass along a couple of things that I noticed when I was putting the College Bowl Guide report together this year. And uh, one of them is that uh, there is one team out of all the 42 bowl teams that played that did not beat a fellow bowl team or cover against a fellow bowl team. Only one. And I think you could win your bar bet with this answer to this question, because when I tell you, you're going to be a little bit surprised. It happens to be Coastal Carolina, who went up against a relatively, obviously, soft slate and nonetheless made the bowl pictures this year, but just that one team. Also inside the bowl stat report, which we love putting together because what we can do, what we do do, is we show teams how they fare in head-to-head competition against other bowl teams, statistically, win-loss-wise, and everything else. And when you do just that, in our bowl stat report this year, our bowl guide, I should say, this year, uh, the team that had the best net stats in games against other bowl teams happened to be Michigan. They won their games against other bowl teams by 167 yards a game. So that was nothing fluky about what Jim Harbaugh's football team did this year. Uh, the team that had the worst net stat record against other fellow bowl teams happened to be Georgia State, who was outyarded 144 yards a game in other games against other bowl teams. And uh, just also in passing, uh, when I talked about those 500 teams, those six and six teams, the best role for these teams, I'll pass along two of these to you. One of them is when any of these teams happen to be playing with revenge, a 500 bowl team that has a little bit of revenge chip on a shoulder doesn't happen often because we don't in the past have that many 500 teams. But it's occurred eight times. Those teams with revenge are six and two straight up and seven and one against the spread. There's one team that fits the bill this year. That would be South Carolina when they take on North Carolina in a battle of six and six teams. And one other note here, double digit 500 teams, six and six teams that are double digit dogs are 11 and six against the spread. That would be Old Dominion. So that all comes out of the college bowl stat report. I would highly encourage your listeners to get your hands on a copy of it in time for all the bowl games. I wouldn't make a move without it. It's available online now at playbooksports.com, ready for download. Just log on at playbooksports.com and click on the College Bowl Guide. Get yourself ready for the bowl games. Victor, with that, what do you see? What was your first impression? I know you, you put a lot of work in helping us get this bowl guide together. What was your first take on what you saw in preparation for the bowl games? First off, in regards to the uh, Playbook Bowl Guide for 2021, page two itself is worthy of the $25 asking price for the publication. That's where you can, at a glance, take a look at everybody's regular season stats versus all opponents. And, of course, I love those four columns where you have straight-up ATS, ITS, and average yards per game against fellow bowlers. And uh, the fact that uh, the best two ATS teams against fellow bowlers this season, Michigan 7-1 and one against the spread, Cincinnati 6-1 and one against the spread, and then, of course, the teams who performed the worst against fellow bowlers. You mentioned Coastal Carolina 0-2 straight up and 0-2 ATS. Iowa State 1-6 against the spread against fellow bowlers. Also, Middle Tennessee 1-5 and Central Florida 1-5. and five. Again, page two alone is worthy of the uh, 
asking price for the Playbook Bowl publication. One uh, one little thing that I've learned in the bowl games, Mark, is you know normally in a normal bowl season, we're going to look to make our wagers ahead of time, trying to find some value in the line. And I've stopped that myself this season. I'm basically waiting so perhaps the day of the game, maybe the day before, before I make any bowl wagers. And I think it's probably a pretty smart thing to do. You don't know which impactful players will be sitting out until late. You don't know. Sometimes coaches' information comes out late. You don't know which teams are going to be sick or not because of the uh, COVID. So one thing that I've done is hold off on making my bowl wa- wagers until kind of like the uh, game, the day of the game, maybe the day before. I think that's probably a pretty smart way to approach the bowls. But one more thing I wanted to say is, can this opening Saturday possibly be any more fun with the bowl games coming up this Saturday? Uh, It's a great, great lineup that's going to pit some of the group of five's best teams against each other. It certainly applies this year. Of course, the very first game coming right out of the gate the Boca Raton Bowl down here in South Florida with Western Kentucky taking on Appalachian State. we got a great one in the afternoon. UAB and BYU, two other great group of five teams uh, pitted against each other. The night game that we'll talk a little bit more about, Louisiana against Marshall. And the slate gets some uh, bonus points as well on Saturday. Uh, Bailey Zappi's quest for 6,000 passing yards. The Western Kentucky quarterback is 284 yards away from the most ever in a single season at the FBS level. And not only that, he has 56 touchdown passes on the season, which is only four away from the record of 60. That, of course, was sent by um, Joe Burrow, the LSU guy, back in 2019. So a big day out of Bailey Zappi will not only influence his potential NFL draft stock, but he could be definitely setting some NCAA records in what should be a pretty high-scoring game down here in South Florida. We also get, you know, UTEP's first bowl game in seven years against Fresno State. Uh, We get an FCS Bowl, the Celebration Bowl, featuring Deion Sanders, Jackson State Tigers against South Carolina State. Uh, We get another uh, potential pro quarterback in Liberty's Malik Willis, who right now I believe is still ranked number three or four, on Mel Kuyper's uh, list for the 2022 draft. They've got that big game coming up against Eastern Michigan. And then finally, we've got a potentially explosive uh, track meet kind of game coming up at night in the first uh, Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl with Utah State taking on Oregon State. But a great, great, great first Saturday of action. Get your popcorn out. Yeah, I'd say it sounds like a real good weekend, opening weekend, the college bowl season this weekend. And with regard to Bailey Zappi breaking those records, I just wonder, Victor, if there's a prop of whether or not he breaks those records in the first half of that football game. <laughs> right. <laughs> because that does promise to be a pretty high-scoring football game. I know the total is probably rather lofty in it, but uh, that does look to be uh, a very appealing bowl game for fans that like a lot of action and a lot of scoring in those bowl games. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, Victor, let's switch it over to the National Football League side of things where we have one less coach roaming the sidelines in the National Football League this weekend. I don't think it came as a total surprise to a lot of people. Maybe it wasn't expected at the beginning of the season when he was hired on as the new head coach to be the tutor for Trevor Lawrence, but that simply didn't pan out with it. 
Urban Meyer is looking for a new job, whether it will be in the ranks of college football as a head coach or up in the booth announcing football games. He won't be unemployed very long, but I can rest you can rest assured he will be the second coming of Nick Saban when it comes to college football coaches that made the jump to the National Football League and met with disaster in doing just that. I think they finally came to their senses in Jacksonville. And one of the stats that jumped out at me, Victor, was uh, before the firing. And when I heard this, I said to myself, boy, that seems rather deserving if he does go. But in the last six football games, Trevor Lawrence has thrown one touchdown pass. Uh, I don't think Trevor Lawrence threw one touchdown pass in peewee football. And he was drafted as the number one overall choice in the National Football League. And Urban Meyer just kept the restraints on him. The restraints on him yep. it didn't allow him a chance to become a National Football League quarterback. Uh, I think he just didn't want – maybe perhaps it was the kid to lose his confidence, but he surely didn't build his confidence in that regard. So it'll be interesting to see what move they make at Jacksonville. But uh, you mentioned something pretty interesting about the line in that Jacksonville game after his firing, Victor. Yeah, definitely. Uh, here you go, Jackson, uh, Jaguars offense – First six games of the season, 14 TDs. That's 2.3 touchdowns a game. Not bad. By week. And then last seven games, only six total touchdowns, only 0.9 touchdowns per game. Uh, we've talked about the fact that Jacksonville is a great team, total under team. They're a great under team in uh, whatever games they play thus far. And if this isn't wild, this Urban, Urban Meyer situation this week, it kind of reminds me a little bit of a... Uh, of an old Seinfeld episode. Do you remember the episode where George Costanza is trying to get fired from the New York Yankees? Yes. And he does all these nasty things and all that, with the culmination being he's driving around in the Yankees parking lot and he's dragging the World Series trophy behind him in his car and it's getting all busted up and dented up and all that, trying to get fired from the Yankees. This sounds like what Urban Meyer is trying to do, where the punchline is, he kicked the kicker. I mean, it's a perfect Seinfeld punchline, if you ask me. He kicked the it kicker. Was. Yep. But anyway, <laughs> before he got fired, Jacksonville was a favorite of minus three and a half points. The day after he got fired, they're favored by five points. Have you ever heard of a coach negatively influencing the line like he obviously has? It's, 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 all, it's a comedy almost. They're favored by more without him than they were with him. Wow. I mean, just normally uh, when coaches don't coach football games on the sidelines, depending upon who they are, a game may drop a point or two just depending upon who that coach is and how important he is to the team. But never do you see a line go up or higher when a coach leaves a football team. So that just speaks ukus uh, about what the players felt about Urban Meyer and their chances of winning a football game. So we'll see whether or not Jacksonville comes out excited this weekend. That line move almost tells us that, indeed, they'll do just that. Uh, also, Victor, uh, with regard to teams, before I turn it over to you for a little bit of a review about what happened last week in the NFL, uh, our hometown Cleveland Browns have been really bashed with an outbreak of COVID this weekend. I was doing a, a TV show in Cleveland with a good friend of mine who hosts Drennan Live, and he got the news just before we went on that uh, Case Keenum, their backup quarterback for the Browns, has been hit with covid and a lot of players on the defensive side of the football, in addition to Baker Mayfield, there's an outbreak of COVID on the Cleveland Brown football team. And, uh, you know, the question came into conversation about when, when does the National Football League step in and decide to do things to improve the situation? I, I, not burying your head under the carpet 
and pretending not to be aware of it is not the answer because the Browns, it's unjust to them because they're still in a playoff race and a playoff chase. Uh, so the question here becomes, at what point does the National Football League do something with these, as you call it, Victor, these enhanced COVID protocols, and will they do something in the Cleveland Browns situation? That's a question I ask of you. Usually this time of the year, uh, the three words I hate hearing the most in regards to like Christmas presents will come from my wife. And those three words would be like, more money, please, in regards <laughs> to Christmas presents. But uh, no, no, no. There's three words that are even scarier, and that's enhanced COVID protocols. And that is scary. And uh, it's all because of the uh, Omicron variant. And you want to talk about something that sounds like a scary science fiction movie? It's the words Omicron variant. But from what I've been told, the entire NFL now, this week, is going through the advanced protocols through the rest of the week, meaning masking, all virtual meetings, no social gatherings. The testing itself won't change, but the return to play guidelines for positive COVID tests will be changing as well. Uh the NFL's, uh, what can they do? Can they possibly reschedule a game like they did last season a couple of times? I don't believe they possibly can. So the NFL and the NFL Players Association, I believe, before the season, agreed to the fact that in a situation that's this close, like the Cleveland game, you would forfeit the game before they delay it based on what was instituted this offseason because delaying games screws the teams that are not having outbreaks. Yeah, that's a real good point, Victor, because, uh, you know, it's it sounds like a situation that's only going to get worse before it gets better. And it needs to be dealt with right now, especially when we're into the stretch run of the National Football League portion of the season. And the teams that are involved in the playoff chase, much like the Cleveland Browns, as we mentioned here, are going to ultimately end up, somebody's going to end up taking it on the jaw because of a situation like this, and it won't be fair. Life isn't fair. Anything having to do with the COVID isn't fair at all to anybody or any situation, but it's not looking promising for the National Football League that way, depending upon how they end up handling the situation. What about the National Football League last week? And, Victor, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, we did a little bit of a reversal last week of what we saw on the scoreboard and with the ATS results. Revenge of the Chalk. That would be last week in the NFL, the best week of the season by far for the favorites as they went 11-3 and against the spread. Uh, again, we can feel thankful that, you know, there was only a couple of doggies that brought home the bacon, but you were on one of those, which was on the Rams, of course, on Monday night. Uh, another uh, theme from the past weekend might be welcome back overs. It was the best over weekend of the season in the NFL. So, again, a great week for the favorites, great week for the overs. Ten out of 14 games went over the total in the NFL. Three unders, one tie. Even more significant, we're just finishing about a seven-week period, almost a full two-month period in the NFL where the average points per game was down to 44.0. Last week in the NFL, the average game was almost a full touchdown higher at 50.9 points per game. How that impacts the remainder of the month of December, uh, I do not know. But after that big over weekend, we're currently at 93 overs, 114 unders, one tie on the season. That's 55% under the total. 
But again, uh, a good week for overbetters and, of course, for the guys who do like laying the points in pro football. Just a little sidebar note here, Victor, that uh, I don't like to cry about losses and everybody has bad beats, but there were two football games that we used this past week and that were categorized as bad beats, if you will. Uh, The Cleveland Browns, in their loss, uh, was a really, really tough loss to Baltimore. And also, uh, taking a look at what happened in the football card last weekend, our other NFL football play was another very bad beat, the Buffalo Bills. So, while wallowing and crying about it, it doesn't do any good to anybody. Uh, I happened to notice it was Tuesday of this past week when I'm watching ESPN and Scott Van Pelt and watching his Bad Beat segment. And uh, he had perhaps the best Bad Beat segment I think I've ever seen him and Stanford Steve do. And it was nothing to do about the National Football League. It was all about basketball games and bad beats and it went on and on and on and on one game after another after another and the results of the end of the things had me laughing out loud i was doing belly laughs (laughs) just watching it so it was nice to see that in the sense that it kind of like took me out of that that funky mood if you will and uh yeah a little bit of a taste of reality if you will before we get over to our national football league and college games of the week we're going to do a college bowl game this week in our nfl game of the week A quick review, as I always do, of the teams on the NFL playoff picture as they stand heading into this weekend. The number one seeds, the New England Patriots and the Green Bay Packers. Number two, Tennessee and Tampa Bay, followed by number three, Kansas City and Arizona. Number four, Baltimore, falling quickly, and the Dallas Cowboys. Number five, the L.A. Chargers and the L.A. Rams. Number six, Indianapolis and San Francisco. And coming in at number seven, Buffalo, just clinging to that final spot along with the Washington football team. And just on the outside looking in, we find the Cleveland Browns and the Minnesota Vikings at number eight, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Philadelphia Eagles at number nine, It's Denver and Atlanta at number 10, Pittsburgh and New Orleans at number 11, and finally Las Vegas and Carolina coming in at number 12. So keep those teams in mind when you're situating your plays on the card this particular weekend. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear apart our college football bowl game of the week. We've got a beauty on tap this particular weekend. We'll do that and a whole lot more when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. The only football newsletter in America devoted exclusively to NFL over-under totals. The Totals Tip Sheet is a must-read if you're serious about adding extra income to your bankroll this football season. Get exclusive insight on the overs and unders from Victor King, the NFL Totals Guru, and enjoy the winners. You're listening to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Now, back to the action. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this, the first week of the college football bowl season. And our featured college bowl game of the week takes place in the New Orleans Bowl, where the thundering herd from Marshall will take on the Raging Cajuns from Louisiana Lafayette. Victor, this should be a very entertaining football game. How do you see it shaking out from an over-under perspective? The Raging Cajuns are favored by around five in the game. The over-under line opened at 51. It's gone up. We're somewhere around 55.5 to 56 points. That is the current line for the New Orleans Bowl. And uh, the Cajuns, man, what a great season. They've won a school record 12 consecutive games after losing that season opener against Texas. Their fourth consecutive Sunbelt West Division title. Of course, we all know that to help Billy Napier land the head coaching job at Florida. 
He coached the team in the conference championship game before departing, and let's kind of be honest here, that was probably the Raging Cajuns' real bowl game, that conference championship win at home in Billy Napier's last game. How will they respond now that there is a new guy at the helm, and that would be co-offensive coordinator uh, Michael Desarmoux. I believe that's the French uh, pronunciation of his last name, Desarmoux. A co-offensive coordinator. Not only that, but he's going to have to fill three spots on his staff that were created that Billy Napier took along with him to Florida. Uh, in terms of over-under results on the season, Marshall is right down the middle at six overs and six unders. Definitely a middle-of-the-road over-under team, but it's still been quite the journey if you research them on a game-by-game basis, Marshall started the season with overs in each of their first four games, uh, average margin plus 9.2 points per game, but they closed the year with four of their last five games going under the total, and the significant thing would be the average margin in those games, average margin of minus 10.3 points per game. We know they got a great offense. They're number 10 total offense on the season right around 470 yards per game. They're the number 12 passing offense. But Marshall also has a very good defense, allowing only 22.8 points per game. With the Raging Cajuns, we know where we're getting already. We talked about them two weeks ago, one of the best under teams in all of college football. They went 3-10 and 10 over under on the season. The second best under team, the only team who was uh, had a higher percentage of unders was Boise State, who went 2-9-1 and one over under. Uh, again, under Billy Napier, this team was an under machine. They went 8-24-1 in their last three years. That's eight overs, 24 unders, one tie, a defense allowing only 18.3 points per game. That's the ninth best scoring defense, uh, a tie with Minnesota and Notre Dame at only 18.3 points per game. I think you can tell which way we're leaning in the game based on the spread. And the over-under line, the implied score is uh, UL Lafayette 30.5, Marshall 25.5. I think we'll see something a little closer to like 48 to 51 total points. Maybe a score of about 27 to 23. For me, Mark, the bottom line is we've got the best defense in Conference USA playing the best defense in the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, we don't know exactly what we're going to be getting with the Raging Cajuns, but to me, their their comfort zone is going to be an outstanding rushing game that takes up a lot of clock and plays good defense. We've got a workable line somewhere in the mid-50s. So give me a piece of the under, but only at a line of 55 and a half or higher. That's where we're going to draw the line as we go under the total in the New Orleans Bowl between Marshall and uh, the L.A. Lafayette Raging Cajuns. I like that in matchups where you pit number one defenses against number one defenses, it smells a lot like an under, and Victor's going just that under in the Marshall Lafayette football New Orleans Bowl game for his side in that football contest. I'd like to take a look at this game, and I see the thundering herd from Marshall coming in here, a very experienced team when it comes to bowl games. And this goes back as far as even when they were an FCS football team, they dominated when they turned into an FBS team. They've been in 16 bowl games since, and they've gone 12-4 and four against the spread in football games like that. Marshall brings a powerful one-two punch into this football game. They've got a really versatile quarterback in Grant Wells. 
He averages 453 passing yards a game, 16 touchdowns, number 12 in the country. And he's complimented by a running back, Rasheen Ali. And this kid is really, really good. If you watch him, you're going to really appreciate him. Picked up 1,570 rushing yards this football season here. Rushed for 20 touchdowns. So they, it's a one-two punch that can hit in the ground and in the air. Marshall can do just that. They're 2-0 and to the spread all-time in head-to-head games against teams out of the Sun Belt Conference. Taking a look at Lafayette, as Victor mentioned here, Billy Napier coached his final game for them in their college conference championship game, and they come up a big winner in the game. It was win one for the Gipper, and Lafayette did just that in dramatic fashion, by the way, with a game-ending touchdown pass within the final minute of play. So it was a euphoric win, if you will, for the Raging Cajuns in the contest. Coming into this contest here, uh, they're just one and four to the spread. Lafayette is in five games against the Conference USA, if you will. And I'm taking a look here right now at what I see in Marshall as a football team that is four and zero to the spread in bowl games. I told you they're good bowl record, but when they're off back-to-back losses, they're a perfect four and zero to the spread in these particular games. I'm going to take the points with Marshall plus the points against what might be a flattened out Lafayette Cajun football team for my side in the New Orleans Bowl. And don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to tear apart our National Football League Game of the Week. We've got a beauty inside the AFC Conference. We'll tackle that and much, much more when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. All new Playbucks tokens are here. Earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook Experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence against the spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Okay, guys, let's get into it. Our NFL game of the week, a battle of two teams that are deeply involved in the NFL playoff picture. It'll take place in Denver, where the Broncos play host to the Cincinnati Bengals. Victor, this should be quite an entertaining football game on Sunday. How do you see it playing out? Well, we'll talk over underline, and it opened 44 and a half as we record the podcast here on Thursday. It's down to 44. In some cases, there's even a couple of 43 and a halfs, and we're going to... uh, Make that our target number as we do go over the total in this particular game. You know, we talked Cincinnati-San Francisco last week on the show, and I hemmed and hawed a little bit in regards to my over-under opinion. The game ended up uh, right on the number anyway. I believe the over-under line in that game closed at 49 or 49 and a half. Final score in overtime was 20, I believe, 26 to 23, was it? Or... 26 to 20, right. So it did end up going under by just a couple of points. We're going the other way this week. Cincinnati, let me see here, 6 and 7 over under on the season for the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, a tale of two different seasons, if you ask me. 1 and 5 over under in their first six games, but 5 and 2 to the over in their last seven games. 55.2 combined points per game in Cincinnati games over their last seven. They're allowing some points. They're scoring some points as well. On the season, they're at 27.2 points per game offense, 22.5 on defense, 49.7 overall is where Cincinnati's averaging this particular season. In Denver, we're getting obviously one of the best under teams in all of pro football. 
three and ten over under on the season. Number two under team next to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Twenty one point two points per game on offense for Denver. Seventeen and a half on defense. A very very low average of a combined thirty eight point seven points per game. But uh, this is why I'm starting to like the over a little bit. They're showing signs. You know, after averaging what nineteen points per game in their first uh, half of the season. The Broncos are showing some signs on offense uh, at 24 points per game in their last four. They're showing some breakout signs in regards to this game. We've listed this game in this week's totals tip sheet. It's a do-or-die game. we got a 7-6 and six against a 7-6. and six. There's a pretty good chance that the loser will probably not make the playoffs in this particular game. Uh, but again, we're going to shoot for a line of 43 and a half or less. That way, if the game falls on one of those key common scores like 24 to 20 or 24 to 21, we would still cash a winner. This game is one of only three this week in which both teams have winning records this season. When we get late in the season in non-division winning game, uh, winning team games, we actually want to consider going over the total. In the last two years, 20 overs, five unders. Game nine or greater, non-division games, when both teams are over 500 on the season. That applies to this one. The numbers improve to 10-1 and one over under when the over or under line is less than 51 points. Uh, these two divisions already have played each other numerous times this season. AFC West favorites of greater than a point have gone a perfect 5-0 and to the over this season against any AFC North opponent. The significant thing is the combined points in these games have been 69.2. And we've got a fairly low number to work with this particular week. We've got the fact that uh, off their big win over the Lions, Denver comes in, what, now 4-2 and two straight up in their last six games. They were a big, big favorite last week of 12.5 points. In the last five years, NFL teams have gone a perfect 8-0 to the over. Favorites of less than 8 points off a straight-up home win of 28 or greater. There you have it. We're going over the total mark. Of course, we're going to make sure that you draw a line in the sand and get a 43.5 or less, but we will be playing Bengals, Broncos over the total. I love that 20-5 and five stat in the second half of the season about those winning teams getting over the total in this football game, and you're getting over a relatively low number in the game as well. Victor goes over 43-and-a-half for his side in this big showdown game. This is a matchup of two teams, as I mentioned here earlier on the onset, of two teams that are on the playoff bubble. Cincinnati number 9, Denver number 10 coming into this contest. So you can basically think that the loser of this game is all but dead and buried. The winner stays alive for a National Football League playoff position here coming into the contest. There are a total of five teams in the AFC heading into this weekend that had identical seven and six records in the season here. This thing is getting very, very crowded, the room is, as far as playoff contending football teams are concerned. You've got Cincinnati's played nice football their last four games. Since they come off their bye week, they've outyarded three of their four opponents. But they're coming in here off back-to-back losses despite their hard work on the field. They've also done quite well against teams out of the AFC West, going 4-1-1 one, and one to the spread. And in fact, the visiting team in the series has taken down the money four straight times in a row. For the Denver Broncos, tip of the hat to them on a great job they did dedicating uh, that victory last week to Demarius Thomas in an emotional 
win by Denver. I just question whether or not they can play up to that same level this particular week. That was quite a performance by them and quite a tribute it was, in effect, to the loss of the young Demarius Thomas in that football contest last week against Detroit. But beating Detroit is one thing. Taking out a Cincinnati Bengal team that's in the playoff hunt is quite another different thing. Despite the big, huge margin on the scoreboard, Denver won the game, outstated them only 358 to 316 yards. So the stats really didn't match the outcome. The cuffs didn't match the collars, if you will, an old saying as kids growing up. And if you look at Denver coming in here, they're just 3-6 and six to the spread the last nine games Overall, they're not really hitting on all cylinders, at least on the field where it counts. The stat that I really love in the football game here is Joe Burrow has never lost to the spread in his young NFL career when coming off back-to-back losses. He's been there three times. He's taken on the money all three times. I'll take the points with Cincinnati for my side in this big crucial showdown game on Sunday between the Denver Broncos and the Cincinnati Bengals. Just a quick note here that our good friend Andy Isco will not be joining us from Las Vegas this week. Andy's moving, if you will, and he was out of pocket this particular week, so we'll pick up his segment next week as we go over all the major moves in the major contests in Las Vegas. So that being said, don't go away, guys. When we come back... Victor and I will put the final wraps in this show. I'll share with you our awesome angle of the week and complimentary place from Victor and myself when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in Games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome Awesome. angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it, our awesome angle of the week. It goes in the National Football League this week, and we call it On the Other Hand, a good country and western song that I love. We call it On the Other Hand, and it works this way. We play against any NFL Sunday night home team that's coming off back-to-back wins if they're facing a division opponent that's coming off a win of more than 10 points. These Sunday night hosts coming big and thick off back-to-back wins, taking on this division opponent. If you fade these teams, you're 10-3-1 against the spread since 1990. That's a 77% play against. We'll play against the Tampa Bay Bucks when they host New Orleans Sunday night for our, on the other hand, awesome angle play on the football card this weekend. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap this weekend. And Victor, if you would... Share with our listeners out there your complimentary call as well. Sure thing, Mark. Don't forget, it's newsletter Nirvana. Four big publications out this week from the staff at Playbook, the hardworking staff, the sleep-deprived staff, I might add. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So uh, midweek alert newsletter, Playbook newsletter, the brand-new Playbook College Bowl report, and, of course, the totals tip sheet newsletter as well. Uh, Already up at the PlaybookSports.com website, we've got a 
College Bowl Saturday over the total. That's already available. We've got a NFL over-under selection in one of the two Saturday games. We'll have a big one on Sunday as well. Everything, of course, available at the website, www.playbooksports.com. And I think that the listeners of the podcast, Mark, are going to really need to, uh, again, take a look at that Super Draft again. Super Draft Pro, the Super Draft app. Uh, I played in a, a tournament on Sunday, uh, the $2,000 free roll tournament. I came in third place, had a really, really nice tournament. I know that I was talking to you over the phone as that tournament was going on and uh, did very, very well in that particular tournament. Again, superdraftpro.com slash king, K-I-N-G. And here's a way where you can test things out and you don't get charged a thing. Again, go to superdraftpro.com slash king and sign up for their free and fun subscription. This is a subscription where you get charged $0 and you still get to play in one daily fantasy contest every day of the month. So you get charged $0, you get to play in a daily fantasy contest, 30 contests in a 30-day period. I truly believe that once you start playing, you'll probably want to upgrade into maybe a prime or an elite membership. But try Superdraft Pro for free for a month, and I think you'll really, really like it. Again, it's uh, superdraft.com slash king, and sign up for their free and fun subscription where you get charged $0. And for our free play of the week, we've got to give the ball back to Tuchel again. He's been hot. He's got him for four in a row. He's broken out again in his junior season, and Tuco is going to be playing for the Green Bay Packers, one of his favorite over teams, to go over their team total of 24.5 points in the non-conference game against the struggling Baltimore Ravens. And why not? The Packers offense, they are at playoff level these days, last three games, 45, 36, and 31 points with Aaron Rodgers averaging 333 passing yards per game and 10.5 yards per attempt. They are lighting it up, and I'm sure they'll be licking their chops, just like Tuco against the Baltimore passing defense that's ranked, brace yourself, second last in the entire league for the year. Number 31, Baltimore. That's how bad their passing defense is. 266 yards per game given up. In one season, the Ravens, have fallen from number 6 to number 31 in passing D. They've been ravaged by injuries to their secondary. They just lost their best player for the year, Marlon Humphrey. And Baltimore hasn't faced a good offense now for five straight weeks. Naturally, their numbers are a little bit skewed. And we note that against the top 12 offenses in the NFL this season, the Ravens have actually allowed 28.5 points per game. And they played six of them. So here's the clincher for you. Over the last 12 months, NFC road favorites of two or greater points have averaged 30.4 points per game versus all AFC opponents. That applies to the Packers, who just scored 45 last week against Chicago. And here's your final clincher. NFL teams who scored 45 at home the previous week have averaged 32.3 points per game in their next game over the last five seasons. Tuco loves the Packers. And he's going to be playing Green Bay over their team total of 24.5 points. Victor goes over the total for the Green Bay Packers this week with Tuco 
as his complimentary call on the football card this weekend. And be sure to join Victor at PlaybookSports.com as the college football bowl games get underway. Victor will have some nice opinion plays on some over-under totals and the National Football League as well. That's King, Victor King Creole Sports at PlaybookSports.com. Before I get to my complimentary play, just a quick note that our friends at mybookie.ag are once again offering listeners a double your first deposit bonus. If you haven't done so yet, do so now. Take advantage to get double your first deposit bonus. Simply log on at mybookie.ag, use the promo code PLAYBOOK, and get your double first deposit at mybookie.ag. And we've been talking about the bowl games on tap this weekend. Our college football bowl bonanza kicks off this weekend. And in this special package that I put together, it's every college bowl release I make from now through the national championship playoff game with all with our 10-star college bowl game of the year, our five-star college bowl game of the month, and all of our plays. And in fact, last year, we were 4-0 on our five, four, five, and 10-star plays. We're 11-4 the last three years on our top highly rated football games in our bowl package. It's only $199 complete, and it includes a free copy of the College Bowl Guide. So check it out, playbooksports.com, for my College Bowl Bonanza kicking off this weekend. And with that, my complimentary play, we'll hop on to the College Bowl card this week. And in the Lending Tree Bowl being played this weekend, we're going to grab up the points with Eastern Michigan, the Eagles of Eastern Michigan. I love their head coach, Chris Creighton. Sometimes you tend to fall in love with head coaches, and he's done a superlative job with this program since he took them from nowhere to respectability here, and now he's got them in a bowl game again this football season here. You're looking at an Eastern Michigan football team that has never lost to the spread in a bowl game. They've been in three of them. They've cashed all three times, at least going back to 1980 in our well-oiled machine database. They also are a very disciplined football team. They will not beat themselves they are the number one ranked team in all of college football this year in fewest penalties per game, and that's all about the coaching. On the flip side, Liberty really bottomed out to close out their season in a terrible way. After a pretty good run to start the season, 7-2, and two, they went 0-3 straight up into the spread their last three football games going out in the contest here. And the killer stat that gets me in this game, it's in our college bowl stat report, and it simply is this. Favorites who won a bowl game as an underdog of six or more points last year and are coming off a straight-up and point-spread loss this year going into the bowl game are 0-13 against the spread. That fades Liberty, and so too will I. I'll take the points with Eastern Michigan for my side play and my complimentary call on the show this week. And that puts the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always. <laughs>